0: and welcome back to another year of book blather, fact fiction and fabulousness who'd have thought we're here we are for our second year of the uh... one year anniversary one year anniversary <laughs> happy anniversary <laughs> we have an interview with victoria williamson actually quite fitting that we're having an interview with victoria williamson on our first year anniversary but she's going to be talking about her new book uh, war of the wind sit back have a cup of tea and enjoy
1: delighted to have Victoria Williamson with us this morning for the launch of her new book War of the Wind. Victoria Williamson is a children's author who grew up right here in Kirkentillough. She's already published three books for young people, The Fox Girl and the White Gazelle, The Boy with the Butterfly Mind and Hagstorm. And some of you might remember us chatting about The Fox Girl and the White Gazelle on a previous episode, a brilliant book about the power of friendship between Glaswegian bully Caelan and Syrian refugee Rima today victoria joins us for the launch of her fourth book war of the wind so welcome victoria hello hello it's nice to be here thank you for coming along we're very lucky to have you now you've come along to give us a, a kind of wee bit of an insight and a reading from your new book could you tell us a wee bit about it please
2: well war of the wind is a story based on an imaginary scottish island it features four characters all who have additional support needs the main character max is 14 years old and he lost his hearing about two years ago in a boating accident. So when we meet him at the start of the story, he's still coming to terms with um, his disability and he's still quite angry. So he used to be a bit of a bully, and he wasn't very nice to the children who were in the additional support needs classes but now he's found himself in the additional support needs classes so he's kind of caught between two worlds he's not really managed to retain his friendships with his old friends but he's not yet managed to make new friends so he's feeling quite angry and quite isolated and he lashes out quite a lot the start of the story there's going to be new wind turbines which are going to be built off the island of scragness and he's happy about it because they're going to get mobile phone coverage, which means that he's going to be able to get apps on his phone that will help him to communicate. And he's hoping that this will help him to reconnect with his own old gang. He's thinking this is going to be a great thing for him, but then when he actually sees the wind turbines and they're much bigger and much scarier looking than he thought they were going to be, then he finds "Hmm, this might not be such a great thing for the island after all. I can start you off with a reading well, great, from the start near the start of the story where the wind turbines have been towed into place in Wickland Bay which is just across the cliff from his house and one night he's sitting looking out of the window and he sees a strange light down in the bay like any 14 year old who's curious he decides to go and investigate in the middle of the night and this is what he says as I made my way down the hill the night wind picked up rippling through the grass and sending clouds racing across the face of the moon. My heart was beating just as fast as I reached the overhang where the cliffs fell away to the beach far below. I peered out over Wickland Bay, watching the huge turbine blades turning slowly against the black sky. For a long moment, nothing else stirred. And then the light flashed again, brighter this time. It was coming from a boat I was sure of it now. Before the light blinked off, I could just make out the faint outline of a cabin and decking before it was swallowed up by the dark. I wasn't sure why, but the sight of that boat sent a shiver down my spine. What's so weird about a boat in the bay? I asked myself, trying to ignore the knot of unease forming in my guts. It's just someone out on a late-night sailing trip. Or maybe the energy company sent a patrol boat to make sure the turbines were safe from protesters. But I knew that none of that was lightly. No one was daft enough to go pleasure cruising round the bay at night. After sundown, the winds swelled the currents and they swept across the Atlantic, sending tides thundering up the beach to crash against the cliff face. And boats didn't just get lost these days, not with sat-nav and all the fancy gear even the basic rigs were equipped with so that just left the energy company. But why on earth would they be out there checking the turbines in the dead of night? Mr Strachan's protest group had homemade placards and piles of leaflets, not gunboats and plastic explosives. It wasn't like they could do any real harm to the turbines. The bright light flashed again, sweeping the bay from behind the towering masts. It was drifting further round the headland now nearing the base of the hill where the substation had been built. I watched the beacon approach the makeshift jetty, lighting up the steel pylons and transformer sheds before cutting out again, just as suddenly, throwing the whole base into darkness once more. I waited, peering down the hill, straining my eyes in the gloom to catch a glimpse of movement. There, down by the substation, something was coming.
0: Thank you very much oh. yeah <laughs> what a way to what a way to end as well thank you very much for reading that that was that was great we're, we just want to ask you a few questions about your new book so for the first question we were both curious about with war of the wind what inspired you to write about a deaf protagonist
2: well i used to be a teacher and i spent some of my time teaching children with additional support needs So that included many different things. There were children with uh, hearing loss, there were children with sight loss, children with Down syndrome, children who were on the autistic spectrum, children with cerebral palsy, and just various other neurodiverse children and children with various other needs. And I didn't at the time see an awful lot of books that reflected these Mm -hmm. children's lives. Quite often these children would be relegated to, you know, support characters where they were maybe friends with the main character and they didn't really get to play a huge part in the action. And I think it's really important for children to feel like they can be the main character. All children should get a chance to see themselves in that heroic role. So I really wanted to write a story where it wasn't just the main character who had an additional support need, but his entire gang. So for example, when I was younger, I loved, you know, the three investigators and I loved the secret seven and the famous five. But of course, they were all able bodied, you know, there wasn't really much to do with disability or any kind of neurodiversity in those books. So I think it was important for me to write a book where the entire gang who helped to solve the crime or the the mystery were the ones who were able to be the main characters and the ones driving forward the action. I thought that was really important for children to be able to see that. So that's where that came from. And I've always thought you know, it would be interesting to imagine a character who starts out having the typical experience that lots of children have, but then something happens. And maybe he's been a bit of a bully before and not understood what it's like to have an additional support need, but then suddenly he's in that category. And this story is really about his transition from being a child who doesn't understand to being a child who is much more empathetic Towards other children mm-hmm. and seeing the problems that they face because he's facing them himself.
1: And that's part of what reading is as well, mm-hmm. is putting yourself in someone else's shoes. So it's mm-hmm. interesting how that journey might un- yeah. unfold.
0: I think it's something similar to like what you always say to your classes about books being is it window no doors? Oh, both doors, doors and mirrors doors, and windows. Mirrors and windows <laughs> mirrors and windows. So like seeing yourself. So like you were saying about being able to see themselves. In characters so mm-hmm. like you're saying, a lot of books don't have characters with additional support needs so it's great to see them in the main role but also to develop a bit of empathy so giving you an insight into someone else's life so I think that's that's I think that will be great and I think it'd be really good for a lot of our young people to read as well.
1: Lots of our pupils are interested in creative writing and writing their own stories and we wondered what's the best piece of writing advice that you have ever received?
2: I'm not sure as whether it's a writing piece of advice that i received so much as it's a piece of writing advice that i give because i feel like i did it the wrong way around i wrote in a vacuum i was one of these people who thought writing was something you did by yourself in your own home and you polished up and polished up your manuscript and then you sent it out into the world and it's only been since i've become a writer that i've realized that's probably not the best way to do it you shouldn't write in a vacuum on your own there are so many great writing groups that you can join that are really really supportive will not only give you encouragement and editorial advice but can help you to find different networks that can maybe help you to find an agent or help you to find different competitions that you can try or even just give you encouragement along the way so i would say don't Don't hide your writing away and think it's something that you do only on your own. And then at the very, very end, you show your finished product because your finished product will be so much better if you actually listen to people along the way. It will be so much more polished and so much more ready for publication or for consideration for publication. So yeah, join a writing group, get involved in competitions. Even if it's just online, do make sure that you get your writing community and you listen to them and you get involved with them it's just great practice it's a scary step <clears> isn't it <throat> sharing your writing for the first time Yeah, it's,
0: it feels quite personal almost like mm-hmm. yeah I'm, i like writing too but i'm always terrified to read it to people which sounds really t- silly as an english teacher like because i encourage people to share their writing too but yeah I, I feel it feels like kind of being a part of your soul almost cause a lot of writing can be based on own experience so i guess it's hard to be vulnerable but you just need to push yourself i mm-hmm. guess to overcome that and it'll benefit you and make the best work
1: that you can that's Mm -hmm. that's great advice I'm Mm -hmm. sure lots of our pupils will be and staff will be taking (laughs) it as well
2: (laughs) well part of the editorial Mm -hmm. process when you do get published is you have to spend a long time reworking Mm -hmm. your writing and if you haven't practiced doing that that can be quite difficult for Mm -hmm. people doing it for the first time whereas if you're used to that process of taking on board other people's comments and rewriting your work according to that then it makes that whole process with the publisher so much Mm -hmm. easier Because it's not brand new then. Mm
0: -hmm. I should maybe talk a bit more about the characters that you've created, because you've got, well, now four books. Uh, So of all the characters you've created, do you have a favourite?
2: That's a very, very (laughs) tough one, isn't it? It's almost like asking what your favourite child is. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to say all of them. But um, I tend to like the characters who are quite flawed, who aren't instantly likeable. So I tend to like characters like Kaylin mm-hmm. in The Fox Girl and The White Gazelle because she's nasty to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a bully, she steals things from other children, and it's only as you get to know her as you go along mm-hmm. that you realise she's got good reasons for what she does. Mm-hmm. She's actually got quite a good heart, but if you judge her instantly from her actions in the first couple of chapters, you just think, this is just a horrible character mm-hmm. who's unlikable. Mm-hmm. The same with Ellen in The Boy With the Butterfly Mind she comes across as really nasty to begin with, really self-absorbed, really just a little perfectionist little princess type. Mm -hmm. But then you start to get to know her family background and you realise she's just a very vulnerable, fragile, Mm -hmm. lonely little girl, you know, who needs kind Mm -hmm. of maybe a bit more adult support. And with War of the Wind, I think Max in a lot of ways is my favourite character because he's not a bad child, but he's done some bad things in the past in that he's not been very nice to the other children in his primary school who had additional support needs and then when he comes to secondary school and he realizes now he's in the additional support needs classes he's not particularly friendly and he's not particularly nice to those children he uses quite a lot of unpleasant language about them and it takes him a long time to start to develop friendships with them so i tend to like the characters who go on the most interesting journeys and the ones who learn the most mm-hmm. throughout the novels so I would say any character in my book who is a very different character by the end of the story than they are from the start those tend to be my favourite characters and they tend to be my favourite characters that I read in other books mm-hmm. as well. I
0: would agree when we read Fox Girl in the White Gazette, uh, last year I like I really like Caitlin as well because like you said she just was so horrible at the start but yeah, I think it kind of teaches people that people aren't just one-dimensional. Everyone has different sides. Everyone has a backstory too and things that happen to them that make them who they are. And I think it is really important to realise that so you develop mm-hmm. a bit of empathy for people. I think it's really, really important.
2: Yeah. Especially when you have this idea that if somebody, if somebody's frowning in the street or if you're talking to someone and they're they're not very nice to you, you instantly think, well, either they're not a nice person Mm -hmm. or I'm doing something wrong. And Mm -hmm. it could just be something like, there's something going on in their life that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about giving people the benefit of the doubt, which is something we don't often do these days. Mm -hmm. You know, we're quite judgmental. Yeah. So I think it's that idea of reminding people we do need to give people the benefit of the doubt and, you know, give them a bit Mm -hmm. of leeway. Yeah.
0: And people change as well. Like, you're not just set in stone. Like, Caitlin's she's not nasty. She's just done things that could be seen as nasty. But then... Uh, she grows throughout the novel and she changes and develops and we're all capable of that too and I think that's really important because like you said we just we jump to conclusions so quickly it's Evans in such a polarised society we jump to conclusions so quickly but we shouldn't we should just like you said give people benefit of the doubt
1: when we were thinking of questions to ask you we wondered um, what question you would most like to be asked about your books that you've never been asked before so it's probably probably (laughs) the easiest question that we could have
2: asked That is quite a difficult question. What would I like to be asked that I haven't been asked before? Because I've been asked so many different questions. Actually, I was asked a very interesting question yesterday that I hadn't been asked before. So in some ways that was sort of the question and it was a, it was a reviewer, a young viewer who'd asked about why are your adult characters in War of the Wind so much more two dimensional than your teenage characters? I thought, that's actually quite a smart observation Mm. because he was saying, well, the mother's just struggling with the baby and the father's out fishing and the scientist, well, he's just your kind of evil scientist type. I thought, hmm, I hadn't really considered that before because he was saying he would like to see more complex characters Mm -hmm. in children's fiction Mm -hmm. for adults. He says, you know, that the children are all very complicated, but the adults all seem to be less complicated and I thought that was a very very good question because it really made me sit up and think about that you know I had to give that an awful lot of thought before I came up with an answer Mm -hmm. for that one so I was thinking the answer for that was because there's so much going on in a story it's almost like a painting if you make everything really really busy Mm -hmm. then the viewer doesn't know what to look at Mm -hmm. so sometimes you need to have Things are a little bit more flat and two-dimensional, like the scenery in the mm-hmm. background, so that you can really focus on the main action in the foreground. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you'll be satisfied with that answer, but <laughs> that's the answer <laughs> I'm going to give for that one.
1: It's interesting, though, any question that makes you sort of think about mm-hmm. things and revisit it is a, is a valuable question. So he sounds like a very on-the-ball reviewer. Mm-hmm. Also, but also set a challenge for him as well, like, go and see if you can you create these
0: characters too. That's, mm-hmm. what I'm, that's what my response would be, could you try and do it as well? We've, we've saved the best question for oh, asked. Yes, right, <laughs> they've been dying to ask this ever since I read this about a year ago. So in the first ever episode of the podcast, we reviewed The Fox Girl and the White Gazelle and I was obsessed with the fact that there was Michael's Super Chippy. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Michael's Super Chippy is an institution in Kirk and <laughs> uh, One of the best chippies, there are other chippies available. But my question is, was Michael's Super Chippy inspired by Kirkie's own Super Chippy?
2: Absolutely, yes. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite place as a child where we would have a treat mm-hmm. if it was somebody's birthday or something or we were celebrating something special it was always Michael's super chippy mm-hmm. we would go to back then I wasn't so keen on the fish I would mm-hmm. always have a deep fried haggis or black Ooh. pudding mm-hmm. or my favorite one was a deep fried pizza because oh, wow. they <laughs> did an amazing deep fried pizza but yeah just the chips from there you just couldn't beat them.
0: You can't. And I, I live near I live near the place and I can smell it when I when I go when I go to the shops there. and I'm like, ah, oh, it's just the memory of childhood just in a smell I love
2: And it. you know what? <laughs> because tomorrow is like the official twenty-third is the official publishing day. My family have been saying to me, So we need to do something special, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't really want to go to a restaurant and do all these things. I feel like I've done that so many times. You know what I really want? I want chips from Michael's Super. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Get yes. a bottle of prosecco, some chips from Michael Super that's my idea of a great celebration. That sounds oh, perfect.
0: Sounds perfect. Oh, yeah. that is
1: ideal. And it's just amazing when you see what like, it's been immortalised yes. <laughs>
2: in. Yes.
0: form. So exciting. It's great. And also, I think when I I I recommend this book a lot to pupils in first and second year, and I'm like, "Are you from Kirkie?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Right." And Kirkie Institution, it's in this book. I need to go and see if you can spot it. So that kind of gets some of them intrigued, and they're like, "Right, we'll, we'll get. I'll give it a go." Do you think I should go and tell
2: them and maybe try and get free chips for life? Yes, oh, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> just play them this clip. And just
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be well, great.
2: We are almost at the end of our yeah.
1: time, but we we usually finish up by having a, a we chat about what we've been watching and what mm-hmm. we've been reading and I've been stealing myself to do the same effect <laughs> and I can't do it but uh, Mrs McCarthy can do it yeah. much
0: better than I can. So uh, it comes with finger actions too right so obviously uh, if we're not a video podcast maybe we should be at some point maybe. but uh, I don't know if we're not quite ready to be there yet uh, so the first question is what are you reading? What are you reading at the moment?
2: At the moment I am reading Juliet Forrest's The Mountain Rescue Dog mm-hmm. which is a middle grade book so I've just started that and um, she's given me a review copy for that so I'm very excited to read that I love Juliet's books they're absolutely brilliant so I'm looking forward to really getting my teeth into that she writes really great characters and just really great settings so that's the one that's sitting on my bedside table that I'm just about to get into. Nice. It's actually just come out, but I got it just before it was published, amazing.
0: so. Oh, that must be quite special. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> I know. Paper, that's amazing. Um, so, last question is, what are you? What are you watching? So that's what are you watching on TV or film or anything? What are you watching?
2: I think like the rest of the universe. I'm watching The Rings of Power <gasps> on. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think so far? i love it and i cannot understand why people are putting negative reviews i just think what's wrong with you people this it's got everything i mean (laughs) i've always been such a huge lord of the rings and Mm -hmm. hobbit fan because my mother read the hobbit to me when i was about eight years old Mm -hmm. and i think the lord of the rings by the time i was 10. so since that age i've been a fan of the whole middle earth kind of Mm -hmm. mythology and um so when they said they were going to be making something based around the silmarillion Mm -hmm. i was just like Wow! Yes, mm-hmm. sign me up. I've loved it so far. Mm-hmm. I just think it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I quite like it too. The costumes are great.
0: It looks incredible. Like I, I've never seen anything like it. Like when they go to Numenor, like I I just, I just gasped. Isn't like, this is incredible? Yeah, it's really good, and I'm intrigued to see where it's where it's going to
1: go. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, Victoria, I'd um, grown up on mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and yeah. like, watching the films and things, and it's it's brilliant to be back in that. Mm-hmm. You know, something quite like yeah. comforting about being back in that yeah, universe again. Absolutely.
2: I love the way that they've used the films and kind of added on to that mm-hmm. instead of creating a completely different kind of world, they've just mm-hmm. taken that mythology and just expanded mm-hmm. it, which I think really, you know, helps.
0: I think as well, also some of the, the scenes kind of pay homage to things that have happened mm-hmm. in the in the film. So there's a bit where a character, I can't remember who it was, is chased by lots of like, orc type things. And I was like, and it was all in slow motion. I was like, this is like Boromir with the Urukai in the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so good. Maybe that's me probably looking into it a bit too much but it made me happy so, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <I don't laughs> so. It. It's,
2: it's nice and good rewarding for long time yes. fans as well as new <laughs> ones. So I think what's going to happen is we're going to press stop on this podcast and then we're all going to sit here and geek out for the yes. next <laughs> hour. We, so. Pamela and I have already had our geek out about Star Trek <laughs> mm-hmm. so yes. that was nice. nice. our morning geeky <laughs> conversation so now we can continue it with Lord of yes. the Rings Perfect, <laughs> fantastic which leaves well, us just enough time to say yeah, thank, yeah, you thank you so you much me. Thank you for having me on the podcast Thank you
1: that time of the podcast? Yes. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. So Miss McLean, what are you reading? <laughs> I've been practising it all
1: summer. (laughs) I'm determined this year I'm going to be doing it as well, maybe the next episode. I am reading uh, Things Fall Apart by Shina Achebe, and I'm reading it because Miss Marks is excitingly starting a kind of challenge club for her fourth years, and she's invited me to join. Mm. So this Mm -hmm. is the first book we've chosen to read in honour of Black History Month, and it's a book that has long been on my Mm to-read list, I mean, since I was out of school, just about starting uni, and mm-hmm. it's just one of those books I never quite got a right to, and I've just finished it, and it's it's brilliant, it, it was not what I expected mm-hmm. it to be, um, and just this sort of idea, it was written in the 1950s, mm-hmm. but set sort of over a hundred years before that, and looks at colonialism, yeah. It just it's just um, amazing, but it's, it's sort of written from someone from the culture, mm-hmm. whereas up to that point it had been people from outside yeah, that yeah. culture who'd written it from a, another perspective. Very short book mm-hmm. as well. I can't remember the last time I read such a short book, so I was quite
0: good for that as well. Oh, that's great. I I read it a long time ago. I think I did it in second year of university. It's been a long time. Yeah, I do remember really enjoying it at the time.
1: What about yourself, Miss Mark? Well,
0: Miss Mark's making another uh, feature. She's featuring again. I actually had a really strange lull with reading at the same at the end of the summer so i read loads over the summer but then i was trying to get a new book and i just couldn't get into couldn't get into anything so i'm going to hopefully try those books again but miss marks actually was like well if you've read loads of fiction this summer and also so it's quite heavy quite some quite depressing fiction as well but she was like why don't you try non-fiction so she recommended and gave me the book called the devil you know by dr gwen ad said dr gwen ad said is i think she's still works I think and um, but she was a psychiatrist in a mental health hospital so she worked in Broadmoor and she worked with lots of different patients people who have committed you know quite serious crimes so for example she there, she has a chapter where she worked with an arsonist and like she works with lots of different people but I really like it because each chapter is on a different a different person, different different patient that she had, and she talks about what happened to them, what their crime was, but also like what kind of what things happened to them in their past that kind of led them to commit this crime and to end up where they were. You know, I think as a society we just we just assume that. You know, if you're in prison, you're a bad person. Like, but it's sometimes just they've done a bad thing, but they're not a bad person, and they've had terrible things happen to them. So she really humanizes people who have done these things and shows a different side to them. And it's made me cry because some of the some of the stories are just so horrific, and you're like, well, no wonder this happened to them. This they they went down this path. So I really like that she humanizes them, and that's kind of her message. She wants to humanize people who are often just villainized and just seen just and cast out by society. It's, I can only really do a chapter every few days because it is quite heavy, but I really enjoyed it. So, thank you, Miss Marks. For I was going to say great. for both
1: of us. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. She'll be delighted. So, what are you watching.
1: <laughs> I feel like our answer might be the same for this because yes. it's the, the, the rings of power. Yes. What I've been watching. Like you, a very big Lord of the Rings fan. Yep. You mentioned this earlier. How nice it is to be back yes, in this world. So good.
0: So good. I love. It. Yeah. The costumes are amazing. Numenor just looks otherworldly. It's incredible. Just chills. It's really, really good.
1: And there's so many moments that if you're a fan of, mm-hmm. of the of the books, the Lord of the Rings or the the films, yep. that call forwards. Mm-hmm. I, I was about to say call back. Yeah. But it's a pretty, yeah. So calling forward mm-hmm. to to little scenes that you yeah. know and. I love the music and yep, it yep. um so one of the things I quite liked in it was when people start to sing. Mm-hmm. And I, like you, I might never get up and do karaoke <laughs> or feel good Friday, but I quite like it when people do it in the yeah. T V mm-hmm. show. And there was one when the it's like the Hobbit like characters, mm-hmm. the Harfoots are on their migration yeah. and it kicks off with like a wandering song mm-hmm. and it quotes like oh, not yeah. Not all who wander are lost. <gasps> yes it's it a song and I just oh. love that moment.
0: Amazing. that's amazing. Well I, I really like it as well. I think it's great. But the, my only complaint and I've said this before, but I just really the the fact that elves don't have I, um, not eyebrows what was it? <laughs> they, have ibras, they don't have sideburns and I can't stop staring at their ears and it's, it's I really... have not noticed that oh gosh mentioned yeah it. and now you can't unsee it and I'm really sorry but so <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
1: maybe they'll rectify that at some point yes, get our feedback and they'll yes, rectify
0: it I know we'll just tag them at rings of power please give the elves sideburns, sideburns. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of watching something on a similar vein. I am watching House of the Dragon just now, a prequel to Game of Thrones, and it's about the Targaryens and uh, their family feuds and what was going on, what, what was going on with them about two hundred years before the show, the the Game of Thrones started. The characters are amazing. The actor we were talking about this before we started recording, but the, the actors are incredible. So the young actors, like I think is, um, uh, Millie Alcock and. I can't remember the other, uh, but they're excellent. And I'm, I, I know there's a time lapse, and the two new actresses are very, very good. But I really miss the teenage ones because they were excellent. Also, great to be back in that world again. Love the fact that there are more dragons. Even like, did you, I don't know if you saw the episode with the really old, huge dragon. That was a massive dragon. That was really cool. Yes. <laughs> but it was just incredible. So looking forward to keep on watching that. And yeah, can't wait to see where it goes. And it's been renewed for a second series as oh, well. I didn't so. know that, but yep. oh, that's
1: that is good news. Yes, hopefully. It's been really. a very kind of fantasy-centric Yeah, <laughs> watching.
0: Yes, last. other shows are available. <laughs> So, this month we have Mr. Killen as our reading role model. Welcome to the podcast. We're delighted Thank to have you here. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Yeah. Thank you. We thought we'd have to, we had to get you on before before you sadly leave us for the October break.
3: So, I know. I'm so, so, so sad to be leaving, <laughs> um, but I'm delighted to be here and share with you my
1: thoughts. I mm-hmm. know. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we've had some great conversations about the kind of books and stories that people have enjoyed. So, we're, we're going to do a rapid fire 10 questions. See Pressure's
3: on. Pressure's um, on. So,
1: our very first question is could you tell us about the book that you're reading now?
3: I'm a massive dan brown fan so i love all the kind of dan brown collections and the book that i've started reading again actually is um angels and demons oh yeah i absolutely love it i love the religious element to it but also the the mystery mm-hmm. that surrounds it and piecing the clues together and robert langdon as, as a character i absolutely love that the academic mm-hmm. side of it but also that adventure mm-hmm. sense of adventure so mm-hmm. that's the book that i'm I'm reading just now. Well, rereading, <laughs> should I re-reading.
1: say. Oh, I love rereading books though, it's great going back yeah. into
3: them. Oh, honestly, and you know, like I, I love books that also have a film to mm-hmm. them as well. So you can it helps to bring that things in your imagination mm-hmm. to life and seeing how how uh Director, and they've made that into mm-hmm. so, uh, on the screen. Mm-hmm. So it's great. And it's like you say, see, when you read the book, there's things, there's details that actually jump out at you, mm-hmm. or you're thinking, oh, that's much better in the book than it was in the film. Mm-hmm. And I, I mm-hmm. quite like that.
0: <clears throat> uh, okay, so second question for you Do you have a book that changed your life?
3: Genuinely, the book, and this is, this is going to sound really, really, potentially really sad, but the book that did change my life, there was a point in my life things were really, really challenging, really challenging, and I remember being in school and we were all given the wee red Gideon's Bible, mm-hmm. and I've been a Catholic, brought up a Catholic my whole life, but the thing about the Bible that you were given is it directed you to things, problems that you had, like so anxiety or stress or mm-hmm. loneliness, different things like that, and I can remember I was preparing for exams and I was feeling really stressed. And you're looking for some sort of inspiration to help you to do it. And I can remember actually picking up that wee book and I started reading <laughs> bits of it and it actually did start to have an impact on me, a profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. And you know, for a number of years, I, I didn't practice my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly growing up, as you do. I wasn't active in going to, to mass or going to church and you kinda know, because of circumstances started to doubt my belief. And actually that managed to turn my head back mm-hmm. to there is solace in this. And actually, this this is true. It's it's there all along. So I know that that sounds a bit cliche being a Catholic school, being a deputy at <laughs> a Catholic school. But genuinely, mm-hmm. that is something that I read mm-hmm. at a point in my life that actually changed my outlook and things, mm-hmm. and has shaped, helped to shape my beliefs and what I do today, the way that I carry out my role, the way that I tackle. Issues that I come up against in my personal life and my professional life and also with my kids as well So it's it kind of instilled in me as something that was already there because always like this the, the, the seeds are always sown when it comes to faith, you know Growing up as as a Catholic my life and you're brought to Mass all that kind of stuff if Any faith it doesn't need to be Catholic, it can be any faith No seeds of faith are sown at some point to come to fruition in your life and I think for me That was the trigger that made that kick that off again after years of growing up. That's
1: a great example mm-hmm. of the right book at the right time. Yeah.
3: It? I, 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 I can honestly it really mm-hmm. is. I thought long and hard about that one because I was trying to think, oh no, I need to find like, <laughs> some sort of <laughs> magical novel that's done it. But
1: actually, mm-hmm.
3: when the, the you know, push comes to shove, it was that. That's mm-hmm. the one that has actually genuinely changed mm-hmm. the way that I carry out and what I do.
1: Could you tell <laughs> us about a book that has either made you laugh or cry?
3: Yes, so... I'll never forget, I'll tell you a bit about, I, I like also, um, I know I said the Dan Brown series, but I love reading, you know, a biography of somebody. Billy Connolly is my favourite, favourite comedian, and I know, you know, he's a good age now, um, but everything he talks about, you go back and look at his videos and his clips, mm-hmm. all the things that he he speaks about are all things you can relate to, and also he grew up in Drum Chapel, he actually lived... Underneath my family, when I stayed in the Tenement Syndrome Chapel. So, a lot of the stories, particularly at the start of his career, that he talks about. Um, are things that you can relate to. Because mm. I can remember, you know, my family living up the stairs in the tenement and doors being open, people wandering in each other's houses and, and walking down the street listening mm. for a party and people just randomly, you know, all the kids, we're all in the back room and people just arriving, you're thinking, who's that coming into my granny's house? A bit of that. And I was reading his um, his his biography and, and he was talking about, you know, the kind of the shipyards and, and just that life and, you know, the stories that he tells are things that people might not find funny, but see, because you can relate to it and you've seen that with your family, you're in stitches. So there was that and also a fan of uh, comedians, Alan Carr, you know, Alan Carr, yeah, Carr, yeah. Alan, yeah. Alan, Alan Carr teeth, Alan Carr. Um, I read, I remember on holiday in Turkey years ago when his, he wrote his and I can remember lying on the sunbed and people looking at me thinking, what is he doing? I was just sitting in stitches at the things that he got up to as a student and throughout his life. So I love something that makes you laugh. Mm -hmm. Laughing's good for the soul. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't get enough of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Things can be too serious. And actually, you need to just look at life and find the good side in things. And Mm -hmm. stories like that, and the things that you can relate to growing up, and then hearing about you know a comedian who I find hilarious mm-hmm. telling you about his journey to where he is now mm-hmm. was superb. I oh, definitely
0: need something to uplift, uplift you at the moment, especially oh, yeah. with everything going on just now, but yeah, you absolutely need something.
1: So good many work. comedians are brilliant storytellers. I know. Well, oh, just you say, yeah, yeah, like Kevin Bridges,
3: you know, he was yeah. another example of the things he's talking about from a modern day. So mm-hmm. he went to the school that I started my teaching career in, oh, um, oh. in St. Columbus in Claybank. Mm-hmm. So the kind of things that he talks about and kind of stories. I'm thinking, ooh, I know what he's talking about <laughs> you, you know, you can kind of relate to a wee bit of that. From, um, I know he left just after I started, when I started there, so it just, mm-hmm. sure, it's good. I like things like that.
0: The next one we've got for you, so the book, you book you couldn't finish.
3: I started during the holidays reading the Dan Brown, The mm. The Lost Symbol, right. which is one of his more recent books. Mm. And I, I couldn't finish it. And the reason I couldn't finish it is just because I put the book down. And I've not had a chance to go back to it. It's not yeah. because I don't want to, I really do. I've not had a chance to go back and actually mm-hmm. finish reading the book. You know that happens sometimes, you know, you're yeah. in the middle of doing something, particularly when you're in holiday and you're thinking, right, I'll read that in the morning as I'm going down to get the sunbeds for the, the family, for the troops. <laughs> um, I'll sit in the sunbed and I'll read that. Um, but it just, I've not got to the end of it yet. And mm-hmm. I want to, because there's a TV series out about that as well. I want to, to finish reading the book so that I can watch that.
1: It's probably not a book you could put down and keep the threads off. Yeah, no, I know, yeah, yeah.
3: and I, I'm terrible for that, so I'll, I'll I'll, do that. I'll start reading a book and then I'll put the book down and then I'll go back mm-hmm. to it like a couple of weeks later. I'm quite good once I start reading it again, mm-hmm. thinking, ah, right, this is good. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's been a few books, though, where I have started reading and you get towards the end of it. There was a book, there's a, I think a trilogy, mm-hmm. and the book I started reading was called Sanctus. And it was about, again, it had a religious element to it. But it was a kind of mystery as well. And as I was getting to the end of that and you're thinking, Oh no, there's something bad going on to this character. I don't want to finish it. I don't want to, but you force yourself to do it because it's so gripping. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read loads of them.
1: That's a great I don't think we've asked that before the book oh, that yeah. you didn't want to finish yeah. but went through with anyway. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Generate a new question, that's one for <laughs> <mortal> ideas. <laughs> Could you tell us about the book that you want to read next?
3: My wife keeps talking to me about she read The Michelle Obama. Um, Becoming Yeah So she read that And she said it is Absolutely superb Mm -hmm. And there's actually A a part in it That she kind of Talks about That relates She feels it kind of Relates to Mm kind of Where we are As a family unit Mm -hmm. So I really fancy Fancy reading that Because I I think She's inspirational Mm -hmm. actually And you know That kind of Steadfast person Always beside the president Mm -hmm. And I always think They get a different Perspective from what Mm -hmm. We see And it's you know I, I will read You know Barack Obama's book, I will read that at some point but I like something different. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I need to give that a try. Because well, I think that would be quite insightful.
0: I would actually recommend the audiobook of that. Um, really, right? Yeah, okay. so I, I quite like audiobooks too, but she has the, the loveliest reading voice. It's really soothing. Oh, <laughs> it's really, really listen, nice. Listen, that's
3: terrible. I started trying to read a book on mm-hmm. holiday, um, an audiobook on holiday, and every day I'd start reading it for sleep. So <laughs> maybe not. I, gonna probably not a good, idea not idea a good idea idea. Idea. for me. And Especially if <laughs> she's got a good reading voice, oh, so, 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 so that'll be me. I'll be, yeah. I'll be out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better with paper, I actually. We don't talk about that enough. We talk about audiobooks mm-hmm. and Kindles and iPads. Mm-hmm. There is actually nothing better than having a physical book. I'm with you on that. You can't yeah. beat that. You know, mm-hmm. and something you can actually hold. And I I, mm-hmm. I don't think you can replace that. And I think the day we start to replace that, I think that's a bit of an issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm very much for keeping paper. But I yeah. love the fact there's all these other options as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's
3: something to suit everyone now. Yeah. Right? So, like, as I thought... The, I wasn't a big reader when I was younger to be honest, I, I wasn't and as I've got older I've read more, started reading more and I always thought, oh the audiobooks that'll be perfect for me, mm-hmm. that would be really good that'll fit in with the, you know the busy lifestyle all that yeah. kind of stuff, oh no, it doesn't <laughs> work for me no, 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 <laughs> particularly if I'm sitting down at night thinking right, I'll start listening to this mm-hmm. but I started reading um, reading, listening to Mammy mm-hmm. Banter Right. so who's a comedian a, a kind of Irish comedian and she was all over like TikTok and Facebook and it was kind of she did these wee sketches about her family and her, her, kind of, her children and stuff, and it's, it's really, really funny. And actually, what she talks about, I see it in my own life with my own two sons, the kind of things <laughs> they do. In particular, there's a character called Wee Jimmy that she does. Wee Jimmy is just like my youngest son, Wee Dara. So <laughs> Wee Jimmy is Wee Dara. And then the stuff that they talk about, it's absolutely hilarious. I started listening um, to that in holiday, and that's when I've not finished, but yeah. I absolutely will.
0: So the next question we have for you is the book that you give as a gift
3: Tend not to give books as gifts. The book that I have given as a as a gift was the, um, do you know the Charlie, the one with the horse oh, on the, it, the boy,
1: the fox, the yes, horse. The boy, and the, yes, the boy. Yes, I can't remember the title. <laughs> <Yeah,
3: laughs> it's that. The one with the horse, the boy and the fox on it. Yeah, that. Um, I gave and actually I read some of that myself. I gave it to my wife as a present mm-hmm. just for as a she's a principal teacher of a of RE. and I thought there's wee things in that that you can read, and I've read parts of it myself. When I was standing in the shop and I found myself for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. sitting flicking through it thinking oh this is actually really Mm -hmm. good. The wee kind of sayings and you see a lot of that during lockdown. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was posted on Facebook, Mm -hmm. on Twitter um, about the NHS and key workers. And I thought that's actually quite inspirational Mm -hmm. because sometimes I think what you don't need, you don't need a big story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need a wee phrase Mm -hmm. or a wee word that jumps out at you, that you're thinking that like, I get something from that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I gave it for her at that time. Mm-hmm. I just thought that would be something that would be quite mm-hmm. inspirational for her.
1: What's your earliest reading memory?
3: My earliest reading memory? Oh, I can remember when I was probably it must have been about maybe three going to bed so my sister and i where we lived we shared we shared a room with my older sister and we had bunk beds mm. and i can remember when mum my mum would take us up to bed and she would read the story now we've still got these books in my mum's house and they're falling apart it was like the the you know the the shoemaker ugly ducklin it was all those series of books mm-hmm. and the one that I can remember reading was The Ugly Duckling, you know, lying in bed and her reading this story to before we went to sleep. That's the one that stands out for mm-hmm. me. I can just remember that. And it's that, it's not so much the book, the story, you know, I know the story with, with you know, my boys, day books we have in, mm-hmm. in, in um, a couple of them in the house now, that my boys have picked and we read that to them at night. It's just, it was the feeling of kind of lying, snuggled up, mm-hmm. all cosy. It's the memory and the feelings mm-hmm. you have for that. So, yeah, it was that.
1: The we'll last couple
3: of questions, okay. now. Could you Tell ones. us what your favourite book is. Yeah, my favourite book, Angels and Demons, by mm-hmm. Dan Brown. I love that. Mm-hmm. But also, what I have to say is, I think my favourite book as well. Um, we're talking about kids' books for a mm-hmm. minute because right. yeah. I found yeah. a new love for books again mm-hmm. when I had my two boys. And you know that whole thing where if you read a story to your child at night by the age of five, they'll have read you know X mm-hmm. amount of books. Mm-hmm. So we read about two or three stories every night to right. my boys when they're going to bed, and the stories to be let them pick. So and there's a story that I absolutely love. I love, I adore it. It's um, giraffes can't dance, and it's this, this about the, mm-hmm. the, this giraffe. So Gerald the giraffe, I could actually, you know, tell you the story now. I <laughs> know off by heart. Um, the boys love it too. Who goes to try and do something and he can't do it. He's not as good, but he's determined. So he goes and he learns how to do it and he gets taught how to do something. and at the end, everyone's like, "Wow, that's amazing! How did you do that?" And the the, the kind of the theme behind it is. Everybody can do something, you might not realize you Mm -hmm. can do it, but you've got the potential in you. You just need to find that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the kind of thing that everybody needs to hear, irrespective Mm -hmm. of your age. And I loved that story for my boys. And my eldest son, Finn, he's at the stage where, you know, they're doing their reading and they're learning phonics and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff from school. And he would get quite frustrated with himself it's like, I can't get this. And we're saying, no, but you can. Let's go back. Remember the story about Gerald. Mm-hmm. You know, Gerald could not dance, but then look at him, he's you know, mm-hmm. shaking his shimmy at the end of it and he's <laughs> doing all of that. So it's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, stories, I know I said that earlier on about adult books, but I think it's the same for kids books and for me and that actually means something to me as an adult as well, you yeah. know, sometimes you need to find your inner child mm-hmm. to be able to do stuff as an adult, don't you? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think there's so many good kids books out at the moment as well, like, I'm actually quite jealous I'm like, I wish that this was out when I was younger <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know
3: so Even going back to Rao Dal, you know, we Uh, You know, the story that my son Finn was picking was a chapter of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory every night. Mm -hmm. And he was just gripped by that. My (laughs) youngest son, Dara, you know, wee Dara, like wee Jimmy. I was telling you about (laughs) Genie, go and look at that. So he even he was really gripped by that, you know, as a four year old, kind of going through and listening to that story and, and the kind of the magic of it so I, I think you can't you can't mm-hmm. beat the power of, of a book for stuff like that for kids and the imagination mm-hmm. that that gives
1: It's nice to think as well that those are the books that your sons will be talking about mm-hmm. remembering yeah, from yeah, that's Yeah, but also that.
3: the stories that I make up I love making up oh. stories oh. I made up <laughs> story by the way so the make up book the, the novel by David Killen you know <laughs> about some ninja animals <laughs> in a forest called Dara, my two sons <laughs> name who have to go and battle to, <laughs> to, <no>? to fight <laughs> you know these kind of things because I think you need to do that as well yeah, it's the imagination absolutely. but the power of imagination comes from reading mm-hmm. uh, oh, alongside okay. well, other
1: yeah, stuff. I do. Look out
3: for that oh. in <laughs> No, trust me because there's some times where you're that tired that gets to the end quite abruptly <laughs> by the, oh, so then they fell into the water because they won the fight. That's it, all done. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But the boys love that. So it's that kind of thing to oh, kind of God, intrigue God. them too.
0: Last question then, your favourite writer?
3: My favourite writer is Dan Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, it's a personal thing for me. I just, mm-hmm. I love the way that he writes. I love that kind of mystery. I love mm-hmm. the kind of themes that he picks yeah. alongside the the style of writing so sort of, he's yeah definitely for me i do need to branch out more though and i do know that my wife keeps telling me to do that <laughs> um but i've just not done it yet so i will i promise you oh. i'll do that But if
0: you found something if you found a book that you love in a style that you love then you know exactly
1: you're reading for yeah you're
3: reading for fun and for fun exactly. Bill, yeah. Bill, that's it and that's like i said at the start i wasn't a great reader when i was younger mm-hmm. so finding something yeah. that i really enjoy because i can remember at school you had to do, I think it was called your RPR in Mm -hmm, English. mm -hmm. And I picked the book, Red Dragon, because I thought that would be quite interesting to do. And oh, it was, by Lord, (laughs) it was the wrong book to do. It was 100% Mm -hmm. the wrong book for me to do. I found it hard to make connections. And also Mm -hmm. because I was doing it for school and I wasn't a big reader, There was a bit of that in it, but then when I found Dan Brown, see so if I was doing it all
1: over again, mm-hmm. Dan
3: Brown would be the guy that I'd be doing, <laughs> by the way, now I'd, I'd be getting an A, I'm yes. sure, for that,
1: I'm telling you.
3: So, yeah, that's right,
1: it. at the right time. Um, any reading advice to our pupils before you sign off?
3: Find find a style of writing, find a book and a theme that you like, mm-hmm. and if it even is tough at the start, because I found that actually, to get back into reading, if you find a book quite difficult at the start, just do it small bits at a time. Yep. And keep going back to it and persist with it because eventually, what will happen? There will be that hook at some point in the mm-hmm. story. Like, oh, can I can't put that down. Mm-hmm. I need to find out what's happened next. I need to find out what's mm-hmm. happened next. And that's what I like about Dan Brown. Dan Brown has that hook mm-hmm. at a certain point, and you're thinking, oh, I need to know what's happening mm-hmm. next. And before you know it, it's midnight, and you're thinking, all right, I better get because <laughs> I'm getting up early in the morning. So do that and persist with it.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Mr. Kilman. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you.
1: that is it for this episode of book blither fact fiction and fabulousness we really hope you've enjoyed this episode and keep sharing stories until next time